We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Everyone and welcome back to another episode of a Pack a Day podcast. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thank you so much for making us part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I will be your host for this Wednesday edition of a Pack a Day podcast. And we're into it, guys. The last two weeks of the season, uh, it's the season's kind of come and gone really fast here. But let's start today with just the simple fact that the Packers are 11 and 3 and they are officially in the playoffs no matter what happens from this moment on they will be playing in the playoffs this year which is a warm welcome given the last you know 2 years or so of what we've gone through with this team so we're going to get into a little bit of that in a little bit here about you know where they're at their record kind of how everybody's feeling take the temperature of the room today but um I want to start today's episode a little differently uh, than we normally do because, as I said in the intro, my name is Nick Schmitz. You know that I am usually joined by Jacob Wessendorf and Maggie Loney, um, and I had the wonderful privilege uh, this past weekend to meet both of them in person. They were both in Green Bay, Wisconsin for the Packers-Bears game. I live just outside of Green Bay in a, in a small town called Oconto Falls, which hopefully I won't be living in much longer, 
But uh, I had the very special privilege and honor of meeting both of them this weekend. And if uh, any of you follow Jacob on Twitter, you probably saw him tweet out Saturday night that he, yes, can confirm that I, Nick Schmitz, am a real human being. Uh, so quickly, just want to bring you both in and talk about that. It was really cool experience actually meeting you guys in person. We do this every week. We record this podcast. We use video. I see you guys on my computer screen like I see you right now as we do this. Uh, that's one thing. But to actually meet in person, get to meet you guys. Uh, Maggie got to meet your husband as well. That was really cool. Um, but just, you know, I just want to say I thought it was very cool to meet both of you. You're both very awesome, laid-back people. I know you guys, I'm assuming you both enjoyed the game on Sunday, given the result. It's always good beating the Bears, even if it's not the most pretty game in the entire world. Uh, you always got to take wins over the Bears when you can get them. But, um yeah, really cool. Met at the Green Bay Distillery. I know it's one of my favorite places in Green Bay. If you haven't been there, when you go to Green Bay, check it out. It's really close to Lambeau as well. So, um, yeah, it was just it was awesome meeting both of you this weekend. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I uh, I gotta say, I uh, meeting you was fun. I've hung out with Maggie before, but uh, Annie was definitely the highlight. And I think I can <laughs> say that safely that Maggie will agree that uh, your wife is a far more pleasant human than you are. I wouldn't say that I'm not pleasant. I, I don't want to give people the impression I'm unpleasant, but yes. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not unpleasant. She is just far more yes. pleasant. Yes. That speaks and, more to her than it does to you. Yes, I would agree. And, and Jacob, how did you say it before we started uh, the podcast that it's like p- parents with their children? How did you say that? Yeah, it's like parents <laughs> with their children. Maggie and I, we don't want to pick favorites, but it was definitely Annie. <laughs> yes, and uh, which I was, by the way, for any of you listening, I was not surprised at all that Jacob and Maggie took to my wife more than they did me, um, which, again, to, for me as a person, eh, you know, I'm just glad that I got to be – I'm glad that I was invited. So <laughs> uh, – It would pretty rude if you were just like, hey, Annie, want to come to the distillery? <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, – Poor but yeah. Nick. Well, poor, yeah, poor, poor me. Poor Nick. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, it was it was a very cool experience, uh, I, I, it, and I hope that we get to do it again in the future. Uh, maybe we can do it for you know an upcoming playoff game that might be happening at Lambeau. I don't know, but um, nonetheless, well, I can tell you now, Nick. The goal as of right now is if the Packers have a home playoff game, depending on days. To, there's some variables involved, but the plan is for me to bring my whole family to Green Bay for that experience. Hey. So, that's something we'll have to keep in mind. All right. Maggie, you going to come to any playoff games? I'm sure that I'll at least come to Green Bay. I'll be in the city to experience it, even right. if I don't have tickets. All right. Well, we'll have to make it work. So, uh, well, so I just wanted to start by sharing that. It's a little different than what we normally do, um, but it was very cool and um, – yeah, so uh, one thing I want to talk about here real quick, kind of get Maggie, Jacob, your guys' take on it. Uh, Pro Bowl voting came out today. Uh, only two Packers made the Pro Bowl this year, uh, Aaron Rodgers and David Bakhtiari, and then Mason Crosby and was it Zadarius Smith, correct, Maggie? That was they were first-team alternates. So you could say, I guess, four made the Pro Bowl, uh, but only two are locks. Maggie, Jacob, Maggie, I'll start with you. Your thoughts, it, do you think, 
first of all, do you think Rodgers and Bakhtiari are deserving of their Pro Bowl bids? And then after that, are there any players that were left out from Green Bay for sure? And you could include Mason and Zadaria since they're alternates. Um, are there players on this team that you think that should have made the Pro Bowl that didn't get the nod? So I'm really hit or miss on the Pro Bowl because I think it's a nice honor or, you know, a nice concept in theory. But I think that any player that you ask would much rather have the All-Pro, which is kind of what I I tweeted about it. I said it was a travesty in all caps that Darius Smith was not nominated to the Pro Bowl. But at the same time, I said I also think that he has the potential to be a pro, uh, an All-Pro player. So I'm sure he would much rather have that. Um, and hopefully the Packers are busy that weekend anyway. But I, it was a little surprising, I guess, to see Aaron Rodgers um, not looking like his traditional MVP Hall of Fame self, though he still is a very good quarterback. Um, it just feels kind of like a popularity contest with the Pro Bowl. Um, but I was glad to see that Bakhtiari finally made it after many, many snubs and uh, being on the alternate team for many years. Well, and Jacob, I mean, looking at this list, you know, I kind of agree with what Maggie's thinking about, you know, popularity. I I don't necessarily know if I would have put Aaron Rodgers as one of the three quarterbacks. Um, He's maybe I would I would put for sure at this point, Russell Wilson and Drew Brees ahead of him. Uh, You know, I'd have to kind of look down the rest of the list of the quarterbacks in the NFC. But what do you think of, of the two locks, the alternates and then anybody that maybe was left off? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have put Rodgers in. Uh, I think Dak Prescott's had a better season. Uh, I think there's argument from a Pro Bowl standpoint. Kirk Cousins has had a better season. Uh, there's a lot of guys, I think, that are definitely in that conversation. Um, that being said, like Maggie said, they'll be busy the next week anyways. So uh, that's that's the big one. But uh, as for Bakhtiari, Brian Bulaga's had a better season than David Bakhtiari. Right tackles kind of always get the shaft in the Pro Bowl voting just because the left tackles are the ones they're – typically higher paid. They're typically more um, well-known, things of that nature. Crosby, I don't think, has missed a kick since September. I mean, I really don't know, to be honest with you. So, yeah, he's deserving from that standpoint. Uh, Zadarius should have been in over everyone except maybe Shaq Barrett. Um, I know Barrett leads the league in sacks with 16 and a half, so I got a hard time beefing with that one. But definitely deserved it over Khalil Mack, definitely deserved it over to Chandler Jones, but it is what it is. Um, you know, the, the reality is the players that are originally selected, a lot of them don't play anyways. Aaron Rodgers, I'm 99.8% sure he won't play in the Pro Bowl. Uh, so somebody also have that spot, whether that's because they're in the Super Bowl or because they drop out with a phantom injury, either one uh, doesn't really matter. But as far as other guys that I think, I mean, Aaron Jones definitely was a deserving player, but it's a tough spot when, Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott, and Christian McCaffrey are all above him. Which one are you taking out for Aaron Jones? I mean, I know he leads the league in touchdowns, but it's not like a a travesty, I guess, in that way that he didn't make it. But ultimately, uh, I don't get too wrapped up in the Pro Bowl stuff because it's a fan vote. It's an exhibition game that does not matter. The only reason that it's a little bothersome is just because there's clauses in players' contracts and they can get – bonuses, extra money, and stuff like that, and they miss out on it for something that's entirely subjective. Um, But ultimately, yeah, cool. If those guys play, that's great. If not, uh, I don't watch the Pro Bowl anyways, so it's not a big deal to me. Yeah, you know, I I have to agree with you there. I love watching football, and I – 
I the last couple of years I've watched every preseason Packer game, which I find preseason football to be more enjoyable than the Pro Bowl. I think it's an awful, awful game, and somehow still does really well in the ratings. But I, yeah, I agree, Jacob. I don't get too hung up on it either. I've never really understood why, from a fan's perspective, you'd want your best players playing in a game that doesn't mean anything that could only lead to injury. So, um, Well, so there you have it. Just a quick update on the Pro Bowl. Like we said, Rodgers, Bakhtiari made the Pro Bowl, and then Zadarius Smith, Mason Crosby, first-team alternates. So there is your Green Bay Packers Pro Bowl for 2019. Uh, you might see some other players potentially – you know, depending on, I don't know how the whole going down the line alternates. I don't know how many sets of alternates they have. Maybe you'll see somebody else pop up in there. Um, but uh, so with that, I, I, I want to move on to our, uh, kind of our next topic here. And, and I know the three of us have very strong feelings on this. Uh, I, I want to kind of set it up with where I'm at with this. And that's kind of this idea that's been going around. The Packers are 11 and three. And a lot of people feel that it's the worst 11 and three team ever. So I want to just give you a little bit of my personal background with the Packers. So um, Brett Favre's first game when he came in for Don Mikowski was September 20th, 1992. I was born September 21st, 1992. So literally my entire life has been Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers with what, like three Matt Flynn games and a handful of um, Brett Hundley games. So I've, I'm 27 years old. I've known nothing but winning, really. And, you know, it's the last two seasons has really kind of put Packers playoffs in perspective for me because uh, I found my – I don't know about you guys, but I found myself rooting for the Cowboys this past weekend over the Rams, which I hate doing. It makes me want to, like, vomit because I really don't like the Cowboys. But – the Cowboys beating the Rams like they did, guaranteed that no matter what happens from here on out, the Packers will be playing a playoff game, whether it'll be as the two seed, the three seed, the five seed, the six seed. We don't know yet, but it means that they're going to be in. They're going to be part of it. And the fact that they've missed the last two years, I was actually super just stoked by the idea that they're going to be playing again in the playoffs this year after a two-year absence. And it's really kind of put in perspective for me anyway, just that, you know, I think we. I think sometimes we take some of this winning for granted. Um, I know that the first time Aaron Rodgers missed the playoffs two years ago, and the team looked really bad. I remember calling my dad and being like, "You know, this really sucks. I don't like this." And my dad lived through the '70s and the '80s, and he basically told me to shut up and come talk to him when I lived through like 25 years of just absolute trash so I know I really have a great I mean do I think this is the best 11 and 3 team that Green Bay's ever had no I don't I and I think that we can all agree with that but I mean the reality is in the NFL there's two things that remain true which is first of all doesn't really matter how you win winning is winning and secondly, I don't think there's such a thing as a bad 11-3 and team because in the NFL, you don't just stumble your way to 11 wins. It doesn't – that's not a thing in the NFL. That can maybe happen in college football, but in the NFL, if you win 11 games – you have to be at least somewhat competent and somewhat good. And then the last thing for me is is that after the last two seasons, 
would you rather be considered a bad eleven and three team, or would you rather be three and eleven and just know that you suck? Like I, I, I don't know what people want, but Jacob, Maggie, I, I, I want to bring you both in here. Just this, this idea, Maggie. I'll start with you about this idea about being a bad eleven and three team. Just, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I've said everything I need to say about it. How I feel. I'm, I'm okay with where this team's at. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because I literally posted that same thing on Twitter uh, yesterday, uh, just saying, you know, at least at an 11-3 and team with a guaranteed playoff for you are taking a shot at the postseason. You have an opportunity to play more games. If you are, like you said, a 3-11 and team that is not doing well, you're missing the playoffs, and that's just another quote-unquote wasted season. Um, the thing I like about this 2019 Packers team is that they have seven one-score victories, and that's something that they weren't able to do in 17 and 18. They were not putting teams away. They were not winning close games. So even if these games are considered too close or maybe they're a little bit ugly uh, by some standards, they're winning. And, you know, it's like you said, what, it's, it's all about getting a foot in the door. And once you get a foot in the door, especially in the playoffs, when you're one and done, anything can happen. And if, like Aaron Rodgers said, if, you know, if this team wins ugly all the way to the Super Bowl, are people really going to care how they win? The the thing is, they're winning, and that's that's what you can't take away from this team. Absolutely, and and Jacob, it sounds like your daughter wants to get in on the uh, the conversation here. Maybe she's got some thoughts uh, that that uh, that sound you hear in the background, Jacob. Uh, uh, so just quickly, your thoughts: uh, Packers being a bad eleven and three team. Yeah, she's crying because she thinks that's ridiculous. Uh, we kind of <laughs> talked about it pre-show. Um, you know, there's. Everybody like it seems like every year people are talking about oh this team's better than what their record is and Bill Parcells used to always say you know ultimately you are what your record says you are and like somebody said you know oh, the Chargers are a great five and nine team or whatever it's like they're five and nine they suck they're not making the playoffs and that's just the reality of the situation the Packers are eleven and three it hasn't always been pretty uh, I think we far too often get into like looking into the future as to, well, what happens if they play San Francisco and play like this? Okay, they're not playing San Francisco today. They're playing the Chicago Bears, and they played well enough to win and to get to 11-3, and three. and they've played well enough to win 11 times. And honestly, you could say they've played well enough to win against Philadelphia. They just didn't happen to win that game too. Now, nonetheless, 11 wins, three losses. That's what matters at the end of the day. They've made enough plays at the end of the game. They've made clutch stops on defense. They've made clutch plays on offense. When it's been time to go, they've done it. And that's what matters more than anything else. I think something that has been pointed out, and I think it gets lost because we get so enthralled in these numbers. And analytics are great. There's a lot of information that you can get, a lot of things that you can learn from that stuff that's thrown out. But football, I believe it's Corey Banke says this, is the ultimate situational game. The New England Patriots have mastered situational football. They win a lot of ugly games too. The New York Giants in 2011 won a lot of ugly games. You know what else they won in an ugly game? The Super Bowl. That's what matters more than anything else is did you win at the end of the day? And the Packers have done that more often than they haven't. That's all I care about. Do they need to play better? Sure. Do they need to tighten some things up? Sure. But they're in the dance, and the best team, once you get into the dance, doesn't always win. Uh, More often than not, yeah, sometimes that's usually what happens. They do. But – 
the Packers weren't the best team in the NFC in 2010. The Giants weren't the best team in the NFC in 2011. The Ravens, I mean, there's plenty of examples of teams that weren't the best that haven't won. Um, and I think that's what matters. The Packers have a chance, and you can't do anything without the chance. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, again, I, I just kind of ask you, if you're one of these people that thinks it's the worst 11-3 and team ever, think of it like this. Do you want the last two seasons of Packer football, or are you going to take 11-3 and and see where this thing goes? Because I know after the last two seasons, it sucks losing. I'd rather be 11-3. and And, Jacob, I agree with you fully. Are there things that they need to fix and work on and get better at? Absolutely. But every team does. Even the Ravens, as much as they're running people over right now, that their team is not perfect. So, um, But... Uh, before we move into our mailbag for the day, uh, I just want to kind of put this as an aside. I texted Maggie and Jacob this question the other night, and I'm more putting this out here because um, it's not that we're going to answer this question uh, on the show, because mostly because none of us have an answer to it. And I'm just really curious to know if any of our listeners would have an answer to this question. So I was thinking this is what I think about because – um, my brain doesn't function the way normal people's brains do. So, um, if you, so I want to start it with this. Most of you listening to this podcast probably know the play, the Holy Roller Raiders Chargers, I believe it was, and uh, basically the play that was in question was the Raiders intentionally fumbled the ball like 35 yards on the last play of the game into the end zone, recovered it for a touchdown to end up winning the game. Led to the NFL making a rule that says in the last two minutes of each half, when there's a fumble, anyone can recover the ball, but only the player that fumbled the football is allowed to advance the ball, right? So that got me thinking. When you are lateraling the ball, like the Bears did on the last play of the game, if a lateral hits the ground, it becomes a fumble. And therefore, based on the knowledge of the rule, meaning that when Tariq Cohen threw that ball to Mitch Trubisky at the end of the game, when Mitch Trubisky dropped it, it should be ruled a fumble. And then by the rule... Tariq Cohen should be the only one that should be able to advance that ball, right? I don't know if that's the actual rule. I don't know if there's exceptions for it. But if you are listening to this podcast and you happen to know the answer to that, please let us know because I tweeted at Dean Blandino, which he will completely ignore and probably never see. But um, uh, That is noted loyal <laughs> listener, Dean Blandino. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, because uh, when I texted Maggie and Jacob, Jacob's first response was, man, I don't know. That's a question for Dean Blandino. So I'm just curious. If you know the answer and you have the answer, I'd love to know because that's what my brain thinks about. So, all right. Well, let's get to our mailbag here quickly. So first question here, Jacob. Um, Packers Christmas mailbag. Who's getting coal in their stocking? Man, that's a good question. Cause I mean, like we mentioned earlier at 11 and three, it's really hard to complain a whole lot about what's been going on. Um, that being said until recently, I think you could have easily said Sean Menonega, the special teams coordinator, because that's been a poor unit, but honestly they've played really well the last month. Uh, but I guess three good weeks of football doesn't undo, uh, the first 12 of not good football. Uh, so I will give some to Mr. Menonega and hoping that he has a better, better luck moving forward. Um, outside of that, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of people that are getting cold in their stockings. I think the Packers have done a pretty good job. Um, I will say the offense, I guess, as a whole can get some for the last month of football. That's been pretty ugly. 
uh, the lack of consistency that they found, uh, things of that nature. But ultimately, like I said, 11 and three, there's not a whole lot of coal to be giving out into people's stockings. I will give one more bit out just to some players that you were hoping maybe for a leap that didn't happen. Oren Burks is one. Uh, Josh Jackson is another one. Uh, just some guys that the Packers were hoping for some contributions for the season, and it just hasn't happened. Doesn't mean it won't. Doesn't mean they're bust. Doesn't mean whatever the popular Twitter trends are. Um, but it just hasn't happened this year for those two. Yeah, well, and you know, you were kind of mentioning some players there. I'm going to mention two that I can think of. Maggie, you're not going to like one of them. I think Geronimo Allison gets some coal for his last couple performances. And again, this is uh, this next one I really hate to mention, but uh, MVS um, just for he needs to be a little bit more consistent. But uh, those are two that I'm sure. I'm sure some people could agree with, but uh, Maggie, any players, any coaches that you're giving Cole to this year? I don't know. Like, I feel like I could follow your lead and say someone like Dexter Williams or Ty Summers because they haven't, I guess, made a real impact outside of Summers on special teams. Um, but they were drafted in on the third day when you don't really necessarily expect anyone to come in and be super productive. Um Maybe I'll say Ryan Grant because he has done absolutely nothing. And it's really hard to believe that, like, with how inconsistent this receiving group is, that he can't get the field. That was one guy I was just thinking of. Yeah, I'll go with Ryan Grant. That sounds good. All right. So, but you know, again, we were talking about this pre-show. This is kind of like the like bad version of Green and Golden cuz Green and Golden's kind of like, you know, you played bad so you need a, you know, a hug and a puppy. This is kind of just like the really negative version of it. And Jacob, like you said, Maggie, like you said, when you're 11 and 3, it's kind of hard to give that out, which is kind of a good thing to have. Uh, I don't Even if you're the worst 11 and 3 team ever. Exactly. Yeah. Even if you're the worst 11 and 3 mm-hmm. team, I like having the problem of finding a hard place to pick out negatives. So, all right. Well, this next question, uh, Maggie, I, you're going to have to help me because I already forgot uh, our listener from Germany. Sandro. Sandro. Sandro, yes. So he wants. You said we can pronounce it either way. I say Sandro. I know you said Sandro. So. All right. Well, well if he's good with either way, uh, it, <laughs> it, I. If, if there's a true way, let us know, because I'd like to get it correct. If there's a true way that you pronounce it in Germany, let us know so that we can get it correct. Um, but he wants to know if Santa will bring a division round playoff game to Lambeau Field this year, because Maggie, he says that if that happens, he might make the trip from Germany to Green Bay. Is that correct? Yes. And Sandro, if that happens and you come to Green Bay, I will do everything in my power to drive to Green Bay, even if I don't have tickets to the game. And buy you a beer. All right. Because well, that's you, pretty incredible. So there you have it, Sandro. You're getting free beer if 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 that becomes a thing. But let's get to his question, Maggie. Will Santa bring a division round playoff game to Lambo this year? Yes or no? Um, just beat the Vikings and Lions. Just beat the Vikings and Lions. All right. Pretty straightforward. I like it. Jacob, yes, no. Division round game at Lambo this year. Yes, yes, because the New Orleans Saints are going to lose to the Tennessee Titans on Sunday, rendering Monday's game nearly pointless in that regard. Assuming the Packers can beat the Lions in Week 17, they will bring Drew Brees to Lambeau Field, and he will melt in the cold. Can you melt in cold? Or is I, it was, like I was just heat miser, so. I am heat miser, baby. Everything starts <laughs> to melt in my clutch, and I'll be right there for Drew Brees in that particular day. Another fraudulent goat. <laughs> 
All right, we won't get into that conversation because I know Jacob has plenty of thoughts on that. Um, That's an off-season pod for sure. Yes, that that, that is definitely an off-season podcast. All right, so this next question here, um, I really like this one. And uh, it's one that, first of all, when you listen to this podcast tomorrow, let us know on Twitter your answer to this question because I think it's a really good one, and I know that pretty much everyone has one. Uh, your favorite Packers Christmas memory, and I want you to listen because I'm sure you all know this one very well, Jacob. I know you in particular love this one. I think we can all agree that this one, if you don't recognize it when I play it, I'll explain it, but I'm sure we probably all know this one. Rodgers gets the snap, blitzes on, Rodgers scrambles He's left, winds up, rainbow. He's got Cobb of the 10 to the front, yes! to the end zone, touchdown, and a dagger! Oh my goodness, an NFC North Division Championship dagger of 47 yards! All right, so if you don't know that one, that is, you probably, probably know it. It's the Packers-Bears 2013 that was the first time Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone, came back, played against the Bears, and winning that game gave them the division all the way back in 2013. 8-7-1, and one. Uh, if you can imagine, it seems to be more common these days, 8-7-1 and one teams winning divisions. So, um, But, Jacob, I want to start with you, your favorite Christmas Packers memory. Yeah, so it relates to that game. Obviously, that call was great. Uh, after that play happened, I did – something that looked like the worm, but I'm also a fat kid. So, I mean, dancing, not exactly my strong suit. Oh, like the slug or the caterpillar. Yeah, something like that. So actually, fun fact, my friend that was watching the game with me that day still has me in his phone as hashtag the worm. So uh, that's from the game. But what uh, my Christmas memory is, I remember that year, I believe on the day before the day of Christmas, I put, all I want for Christmas is a healthy collarbone on Twitter. And of course I was joking that it was kind of up in the air. If Rogers was going to be medically cleared to start. And it was like a week to week thing at that point. And I was at my girlfriend's house at the time and she's a bears fan. And we were getting ready to go to her family Christmas on the day after Christmas of the 26th. And I got an alert that said, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to start Sunday against the bears. And I started freaking out and she got kind of mad at me, I guess. And, um, the Packers end up beating the Bears on that Sunday, and then we broke up like five days later. So my favorite memory is learning that Rodgers is going to start. That is the full context of the story. But I do remember being elated, finding out that the quarterback had come back to, and I thought that that team was going to ride that wave all the way to the Super Bowl, and they lost six days later. Well, still a great memory nonetheless. Maggie, your favorite Packers Christmas memory. It had to have been the 2011 game because I don't think it would have been all the way back in 2005. It's not like a specific memory from that game, but I know that the Packers did end up winning. Um, And my uncle is a huge Bears fan. Like if you were to draw up or watch the uh, Dub Bears cartoon, that's my uncle because he's a giant Italian with a mustache. I like Um, already. (laughs) Yeah. So he came to my mom hosts Christmas every year and he came to the house and my mom had out like this elaborate spread on the table and he like walked into the kitchen, got a big plate together and then went to the living room and turned on the TV so we could watch the game. So then seeing that my uncle did that, my dad and I also did that <laughs> because we wanted to watch the game. 
but we needed someone to do it first. And we knew that my mom wouldn't get mad at her brother, which meant that we could then also go watch the game in the living room. So that's my memory. Even though it's not really like related to the game, the Packers still won, which is hey, it, it, wasn't, really it wasn't your favorite Packers Christmas game memory, just your favorite Packers Christmas memory. So that works. That works. Mine is all the way back from 2004. Um, I grew up in Minnesota, so it's extra special to me when the Packers beat the Vikings. Most Packer fans I've learned now that I've moved to Wisconsin, especially in Green Bay, really hate the Bears, uh, which I get. Uh, but growing up in Minnesota, like I actually kind of liked – I respected the Bears. I didn't root for them, but I respected them. I really hated the Vikings. So December 24th, 2004, uh, if you don't remember that game, that's Green Bay, Minnesota. For the division, Green Bay wins on a last-second field goal. Especially, too, what made that game memorable for me was, Jacob, I don't know, you're a little bit better of a game-time historian than I am. Maggie, maybe you remember, too, I don't know. But I remember Favre threw a pick six late in the game, I feel, late in the fourth quarter. Yes. And overcoming that. Um, as a Packer fan growing up in Minnesota, on Christmas Eve, I remember my mom looking at that game the entire week saying she hated everything about it because she didn't want Christmas to be ruined for my dad and I. And if they had lost that game, it most certainly was going to be ruined. And they ended up winning, and they ended up taking the division. And, you know, it's just one of those things. It's great that it happened at Christmas, but I'll take wins over the Vikings whenever I can get them. Even on, say, like the 23rd of December instead of the 24th. I'll take that as well. So, um, all right. Well, so your favorite Christmas memory, you're listening. Share with us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Tweet us your favorite Packers Christmas memory that you have. Um, and so a couple of quick things here before we wrap up. We got to do the green and golden this week. Um, I'm going to start with my wife's green and golden, who I – Jacob, you will have to talk to her because I know when I say it out of my mouth, you won't believe that she actually picked it. You'll just think that I'm picking two this week, but I swear you can ask her. Annie's green and golden this week goes to Jake Kumaro for his. Oh, yeah, you picked that one. You're a no, really bad liar. No, no, a really bad go, liar. Tweet at her right now on Twitter. I guarantee <laughs> you. She told me that in the car because we had this conversation that this would be your reaction to me saying that that was her pick this week. Uh, so, and I mean, I I'm okay with it. I like I like Jake Kumaro. I think he should be getting more snaps. But uh, so maybe Lafleur. Uh, yes, apparently. We'll see if that becomes true. So Maggie, or not, sorry, not Maggie, Annie, my wife, her green and golden goes to Jake Kumro this week. And mine is someone that actually I feel really deserves it, truly, truly deserves it. Um, Swervin Irvin. I mean, my goodness, if you could talk about somebody that has actually given this team a shot in the arm. Uh, special teams has been abysmal all year. He's been here, what, two weeks and it already looks like it, it's a massive turnaround. He truly, if there's somebody that deserves hugs and puppies and all the love right now, I know that a lot of it you know, really hasn't translated to necessarily maybe a whole lot because the offense maybe hasn't been able to do everything with his returns. But the reality is, and again, I know it's a small sample size. I know it's only two weeks. Maybe it doesn't turn out that well later on in the season. But given where this team was at in returning kicks and returning punts, um, 
he is somebody that truly deserves a lot of fan support right now. So that is my green and golden. So, Maggie, your green and golden this week goes to whom? Mine's pretty obvious, but I'm going to give mine to Dean Lowry because he mentioned that he was a former tight end in high school, and he almost dropped that interception, but he pulled it off. He got the big man interception, and he gets a lot of credit for that. Even though the Packers couldn't do anything um, on that drive to put the game away, he still helped the team out, and for that he deserves a hug and a puppy. All right, and Jacob, your green and golden goes to whom? Oh, first of all, fun fact, I saw Dean Lowry play tight end in high school. He played uh, about 10 minutes from my house. So that was pretty cool to see uh, him bring back those days. But uh, my green and golden goes to the man who got his second career sack on Sunday, and that is Rashawn Gary. And I think that he is deserving because, one, uh, the production was finally there. He's had some pretty good plays that have been put together. He just hasn't had the production to show for it. And, two, I find it hilarious that fans so badly did not want him to be the 12th overall pick that when he gets a sack, we have to find a way to discourage him. So uh, I think that's ridiculous. It's nice to see him getting better each and every week. It might be one of those guys that we're talking about year two, that light coming on a little bit and giving the Packers three really dangerous pass rushers. But it was cool to see uh, Rashawn get a sack. And, yeah, kudos Dean Lowry, too. He's from my hometown. And, uh we were doing the Dean train at Lambeau Field on, on Sunday afternoon, so that was fun to watch. Oh, I, I, I do want to add one more. I'm sorry, Nick. But Jamal Williams, because his videos on the Lambeau Field scoreboard are hilarious. I cannot stop laughing once he starts talking. He doesn't look like somebody that should sound like he does. I, so I want to – I want to – okay, now that you brought up Jamal Williams, I really got to get a quick, uh, quick opinion from both of you. Maggie, I know you are a very big Jamal Williams fan. Um, Annie and I have had conversations about this, and we compared him a little bit to Tony Romo in the sense that if you've listened, whether you like Tony Romo or not, one of the things that I think is very great about him is he's genuinely excited when he calls games. Like, he seems to just be happy to be there. And that's how I feel like Jamal Williams is for this team. It's like, like he contributes to this team, but man, he just seems like he's just happy to, to be there. He's happy to be a part of it, and I love that about him. And so I, I don't know if you guys get the same feeling, but I think, you know, every team almost needs someone like him that, like, is just, like, I, I don't even know how to describe it other than he just always seems happy. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those people that, one, I would die for. <laughs> Two, that list keeps growing. He just, yeah, he just always seems very excited to be a Green Bay Packer. And those are the kind of players that I think you want on your team. You need the bruisers. You need the really talented, like, MVP caliber players. And I'm not saying that he's not either of those. I'm just saying that he is genuinely excited to be in Green Bay. And what more could you ask for in a role player like that? Absolutely. I think that's what sticks out the most too is that it's genuine because there are I mean there's fake happy and there's phony players like you can see that all the time there's I won't name anybody but there are a few players that are that way and I don't think Tony Romo's that way either like you mentioned I think he's excited to do broadcasts and Jamal Williams I mean it's crazy watching him every week just be really excited and yuck it up with the fans and do all that stuff he's a lot of fun. Yes, absolutely he is. Well, all right, so we are running very short on time here. So I want to wrap things up here real quickly. Jacob, people want to follow you on Twitter, follow your work. How can they do that? At Jacob Westendorf, find the work at Packer Report 66. And, Nick, for you, I wrote a story today about Jake Kumaro. So I will you guys have, might want to check that out. Absolutely will. I love myself some Jake Kumaro. And, Maggie, people want to follow your work, get in touch with you. How do they do that? 
You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney, L-O-N-E-Y, and you can find my writing for Cheesehead TV. All right. And, you know, it. I got to end the podcast a little differently today because we were given a request to do something, and Maggie has been such a great sport about it. Last week, I believe it was, you wrote a poem for Zadaria Smith, correct? I did. I did All do right. that. So somebody asked you to write a 12 Days of Packers Christmas. And I want you to all know that this is so awesome. Maggie has been such a great sport. She is going to... Now, we're not doing the whole, like, four-minute like, <laughs> four version of the song. It's just gonna, it's going to start with day 12, work its way back, and we even have some music to go with it. So, Maggie, I'm going to start some music here for you, and you just, you just go right with it, okay? You ready? This is the most embarrassing moment of my life, I think. I, well, we all appreciate you doing it. So <laughs> if you give me the thumbs up, we'll, we'll get the music ready here, and uh, we'll, we'll get Maggie's 12 Days of Packers Christmas. All right. Uh, so this was a suggestion from Twitter user at PackerBadger61. Um, to clarify, this was written after week 15, so some of the numbers – are very specific and may change if you listen to this after week 16 or week 17. During the 2019 season, the Packers gave to me 12 and his mustache, 11 Packers, W's, 10 Lambos leaping, 9 Jamal's dancing, 8 D trains chugging, 7 one score victories, 6 JK's punting, 5 Super Bowl rings, maybe. Division wins three dumb L's, two super smiths, and a head coach that I would die for. If that is not the best 12 <laughs> days of Christmas that you have ever heard, I don't know what is. I that is a thank you, Maggie, for, for playing along with that. That is very cool. We went back and forth on this. Uh, very cool that you were willing to do this. I, I'm sure. That that Twitter Twitter follower of yours is very appreciative of it, and um, I know I Jacob. I don't know about you. I found that very fun to listen to. That'll probably be a uh, something that you might hear again later in the podcast. We'll, oh, we'll, yeah, I'm definitely yeah, bookmarking and saving that one. I can't wait for this to be my whole legacy. <laughs> yeah, we're cutting <laughs> in, and I'm telling you, if we never do a podcast again, it's because that was our John Elway moment, and we are going out on top. There you go. And, oh, and, and again, Maggie. Yes, and <laughs> and as as Jacob and I have talked about, uh, when when this pot, when we when the three of us become famous, it'll be because Maggie's famous and Jacob and I are just here. Right, correct. So nobody ever make me sing again, okay? It's like it's kind of like Destiny's Child. Like we're kind of famous, but Maggie's definitely Beyonce. I think that's what a great analogy to go along with the twelve days of Packers Christmas. So, well, with that, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And Maggie, once again, thank you for that. That was very cool. I I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was very. Very nice of you to do. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. Make sure that you are liking and subscribing to the Pack-A-Day podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And like I said, make sure you go over, if you have a Twitter, go over to Twitter, follow the Pack-A-Day podcast on Twitter, at Pack-A-Day podcast, and let us know your favorite Packers Christmas memory. Make sure you go do that. And again, make sure you're liking, subscribing to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And as always, Go Pack Go!
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.